Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. You can find Nick and I at the HyperClean Specialist Group. Best way to get in touch with us. And we're super excited about everything going on there, Nick. It's a blast, man. One thing that you can definitely do is follow after Wayne's Detailing and send beer. <laughs> that is what's awesome. All right. I am drinking today the Johnny Utah Pale Ale. And uh, thank you, Wayne's you Detailing. Broke up who sent it? Wayne's Detailing. That's right. Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it. Did you get some? No, but I mean, half <laughs> everything. So it's like a marriage. Wayne, I'm going to need you to send half of a six-pack to Marty and half to me. Uh, I'm just going to pour it out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, yeah, exactly. he's going to send you no, some nooners cool, or cool something? He sent, he sent it in. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Thanks so much, Wayne. Uh, like I said, Johnny Utah Pale Ale by Georgetown Brewing. So definitely poured with some head. I like the color. All right, man. So it was interesting uh, weekend, huh? A lot going on. Question though, Nick, I forgot to ask you before. I mean, did you pick somebody? You got money down on the games going on, or you know, we got a big fi- uh, finals going on. Little uh, NBA? No, but I did watch last night. Um, I uh, I'm enjoying this. I, I've loved the NBA playoffs so far. You know, I know a lot of people are hot or cold on the NBA. Uh, more of a most people love football more but I, I love the NBA finals got some hockey going on uh, had a couple fights over the weekend so at the end of the day this is a great time of year for me uh, you know obviously you know I follow certain things going on in baseball uh, on a personal level maybe taking a trip to uh, watch some baseball live in San Diego here in a few weeks but yeah man it's kind of had a great weekend you know, I mean, it seems like it's nice weather all across the this great land, and everybody's enjoying it. But so, did you lose or win? Did you you throw? Oh, I, did didn't you put any, I didn't put any money didn't down bet. yet. No, no I I I I kind of just uh, I just enjoyed watching it for the first time in a while. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. We took a little trip to go visit some friends, hung out with them. Um, but there's nothing. Listen, I mean, in car life, we all find what we love. And the more you get to enjoy that, the better you are off in your car life. For me, that is definitely that cruising trip with your ride. It was like 82 degrees and the top off of the Jeep, get the wind blowing, the music going like it. I, you might've been getting, experiencing something better and you know, Beamer, I don't know because it's a Jeep with the top off, but I don't know, man, you, I think you got, did you break it in? Did you go, did you go christen oh, yeah. it? Did you go have yeah, your weekend? We, uh, yeah, we, we, we had a lot of fun. You know, I, for everybody that doesn't know, I haven't been legal in that car because we had a thing with the DMV here and had to wait on an appointment and had to get some sensors replaced to smog it and all this other stuff. But uh, yeah, man, it was, it was nice to just open that thing up for a long drive and, I don't know something about it you know for those that don't drive a manual all the time which most of us don't there's something about getting a fast manual car that you know i'll still for the rest of my life enjoy and so you know the dmv is not enjoyable i mean maybe your trip is your buy and sell i'm not sure but i have 
a hell of a buy and sell today. All right, let's hear it. I think we all can agree we have a population problem. Seems like we have way too many people. <laughs> okay, traffic, whatever. So let's well, all. I have always a thought that's what Corona was. Corona was supposed to like yeah, yeah, wipe out the to. herd part, right? Thin yeah. the herd a little bit. So anybody that watches Bill Burr's comedy, you know, he always talks about the best way to get thin the herd is like drop some people in the ocean that every if they're stupid enough to go on a cruise. Well, I got a different different way to go about it. We can thin the herd by those that struggle with the self checkout at the grocery store. How do you struggle with the self checkout? Like, it is so self explanatory that you're looking for a barcode, you swipe the barcode, it goes into the bag. But I guarantee you, nobody listening to this has ever been to a grocery store and not watched somebody struggle in that lane. Like, we all make fun of, oh, it's so easy to be a checkout person at the grocery store. I don't think it is. Because if there are six lanes, I had to stop. We were having a barbecue. So I had to stop and get some stuff for the barbecue. Run in, think it's going to be a two-minute thing. There's six lanes for, or six little spots for self-checkout. One of them's down and five are full. I'm the second person in line. I just watched somebody lose their mind at the self-checkout. And then the other person's struggling. Then the other person's struggling. I'm like, oh, wow, self-checkout must be down. They were just struggling. Marty, we must have waited for like 10 minutes in self-checkout, watching these five human beings struggle to check out. So when I got up there, I'm like, there's got to be something wrong with these checkouts. Took me two seconds to get in, in and out. As I'm walking to my car, I go, I just figured out the test. If you're 20 years old and you can't pass this test, you got to go. You got to go. We got, we're going to put you on an island somewhere. Look, you can't function in society. How the hell do you have a problem with self-checkout? I, most baffling thing I've watched in a long time. And I was at the DMV recently. The DMV wasn't even the craziest thing. The self-checkout was. The self-checkout was worse than the DMV? The DMV is bad because of dealing with the DMV, but it wasn't bad because of a bunch of incompetence, meaning you weren't watching five or six people like run around frantically and not understand how the machine works. You scan a barcode and put the shit into a bag. It's self-explanatory. There isn't 52 steps to this. I watched five people of all different backgrounds struggle to no end so i was like gotta be something wrong with the computer we go in there i mean i go up swipe i watched the lady next to me who was in front of me she swiped she's out in two seconds we were just behind five idiots gotta tell you real easy to fix a lot of problems you guys gotta go you struggle at self-checkout you gotta get out of society we'll figure something out but you gotta go i can't understand it i i know everybody out there agrees or maybe you're one of the people listening that struggles with self-checkout i don't know you're going to be on one of the half here, but the half that's watched it, it's, it's baffling to me every time. Scan it, put it in the bag. The shit tells you what to do. Hey, scan your item and then put it in the bag. It's unbelievable to me. I, I, I was like baffled when I was walking to my car. I was like, I can't believe what I witnessed. But when it first came out, did it kind of ever trick you up for a little bit? Like, Well, look, I think you... there's times when you're like, you swipe too fast or whatever, and then you put it in too fast. So you learn a rhythm. But even when you did that, you understood what the machine was telling you. 
because you were instinctually understanding, oh, I, I put it in. It's not reading it into the bag. I got to rescan it and put it in the bag and it'll read it again. You instinctually figured it out. I'm not saying I haven't had moments where one item acted crazy or something and I couldn't get it in the bag. I watched, they couldn't put the money in. They couldn't figure out how to scan the items. I, I watched them struggle. You got to go, dude. Hey, we've tried. You're 27. This isn't working out. You got to go. I don't know what we're going to do with you, but you got to get out of here. It's like, you know, what is what was that movie? Uh, Rollerball or whatever. Or, uh, the Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger where they put him in the, in the arena and they just like shot shit at him. It's like, we got to do something, man. You, you can't struggle with this simplistic of a thing and still be in society. Can't happen. All right. So I'm, I'm buying moments, right? Fucking cheesy as can be. Right. But there's just sometimes when you're sitting in Oklahoma and you look out and you go, wow, that's Oklahoma. Most people just fly over and it, it's certain little pockets, right? Like it's definitely not the beach. It's definitely not the mountains. It's definitely not anything, right? It's just grass and trees. But if you get that right sunset with the trees and the birds flying, like there's something about that song. If anybody you can remember, and if you don't, I'll sing it. All right. Oklahoma. where the, No. Okay. I'll stop. But inside of that song, there's a talk about lazy birds flying in the sky. So I'm sitting there in the pool, drinking some beer, lounge chair, hanging out. They have one of those parts of the pool that's just kind of that shallow, and then it goes down, right? So you sit there and hang out, and you're just just looking at the birds. Everything's flying around. You're like, fucking hey, life is amazing. It's just one of as much shit that everybody goes through. Because it's not just you and I, right? Like everybody goes through shit. You sometimes have these moments where your wife's happy. Hey. That's first drink- of all, right? Hey, hey, for the guys at home playing the wife drinking game, you can drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's happy. Everybody's good. You know, we're we're all hanging out, and you just have this five minutes. Yep. Five minutes where life is amazing. And and that's what I buy. As cheesy as it is, man, fucking cheesy, and I know it. But you don't get them very often. But every once in a while, you just take that mental picture. And of course, most people like to. And this is the dichotomy of having moments, right? The moments that you have mentally, you almost now feel like you should force them onto other people by posting them on the internet, right? Like, and yeah, did you take a photo of those birds and go, I'm sitting here in my skivvies in the pool enjoying these birds flying around? Because I, I didn't. Wow, that's really rare for a detailer, I can tell you, because, you know, they love posting stuff. <laughs> well, and I used to, too, <laughs> right? I mean, I, but the thing for me is I'm only, I really am a heavy and usually was heavy posting on business stuff, right? Like, which is what we still do. You know, we like to take, and my friends make fun of me all the time, and we take those cheers where we do boomerangs and we're cheering our beer, like, yeah, but that's also kind of businessy, like, right? They make fun of me, like, but we got a podcast. We talk about beer. So we're going to drink beer. We're going to show people the beer that we talk about. So I've, I've always been heavy on that side, just not much on the whole personal side, right? Like my personal page of stuff is very hit and miss, right? It's every couple of months type of deal. So it's it's interesting, right? I, I'm buying those moments because you don't, you don't really get them that often. You really uh, don't. No. 
I mean, there's always something, kids, yeah. something, something happens where you're like, wow, this was supposed to be five minutes of bliss. And now it was a 32 seconds. All right. So <laughs> the fun times are the trips back, right? You know, you, it's starting to get cold. I throw the top on. It's like, fuck, I need gas. All right, here we go. Pull up to the gas. This in, in the new gas stations, at least here, I don't know if they are out there. They're fucking half a mile long. You got 50 different stations you can go to. I mean, these things are enormous. Right as you're all, going to electric seems strange. <laughs> it seems like a, a weird investment. <laughs> yeah, right. Like everybody's headed one direction, but gas, but, but the gas station. <laughs> I care. mean, the joke here in Tulsa is because if anybody that's through the south, southwest, even over into the west coast, you can find it sometimes. Sorry, not west coast, east coast. Is a company called Quick Trip. They no, they're, they're they're out here. They're in uh, like Phoenix, I think. Okay, yeah. So they did yeah, make I, I it kind of out think. there. Yeah, that's a Tulsa. It's a Tulsa yeah. based company, and and they literally what they do here is almost every single corner, every other mile is a Quick Trip. I mean, they they tear them down and build another one up. They'll actually even buy property next door while they're running this one open and then they'll sell this one when they open. I mean, they, we've got quick trips more than we have churches here. And that's, that's, listen, saying, that's, something. that's saying something. That's, Bible saying belt, that's saying something. So, you know, gas stations are getting pretty, pretty interesting. And hell, I mean, it's fun. You go in, you got so many different things you can choose from. Uh, it's a blast until you're trying to figure out which gas to choose. I don't know if you've ever had this struggle, but I know for me, especially like there's a lot of young people that'll listen that they don't, they weren't, they didn't have their license. They didn't experience, they didn't know anything about it. Maybe they were in their, the back of their, 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 their parents' car and their, and their kid's seat at this point. But there was a moment where we were unleaded all the time. And then there was this wonderful president called Obama that brought in uh, ethanol. And it was, it was supposed to, if, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was supposed to be one of our ways to start slowing our usage of gas, right? Like, yeah, and I think that mix- was it was before. I I mean, I think it was. So there was like um, a big push for biodiesel. You remember that push? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You remember that big push? And so what came out of that was sort of this, you know, ethanol and this development, and you can mix it with gas, and you know, there was all kinds. It, it, it's a pretty shady business of what's gone on. I mean, I'm certain somebody's written a book or an audio book or there's podcasts to talk about it, but yeah, ethanol, I think, hell, Marty, you may be even talking about ethanol was like Oh four to Oh eight. And then, but that was All like right. out of the biodiesel craze. And then, you know, it kind of switched into ethanol and gas got super strange for a period of a few years and then the ethanol thing kind of died off where they didn't really talk about it. It just became part of gas. And now all of a sudden it's back. And now all of a sudden people are talking about weird things like gas doesn't smell like gas anymore. And you know what the government made, who knows what what's happening, but the gas thing, when we grew up, you could get bad gas. I know you've heard a family member or you've experienced it yourself. I mean, you used to have to worry about getting bad gas that was too watered down or, yeah had some kind of problem and now it would major make your engine act real crazy or you and know their was, tanks underneath were down way too low and, and you were getting, getting some of that last stuff yeah. yeah i mean the gas thing in our lifetime the, the interesting thing is not only the price fluctuation but 
the way quality is now looked at, you know, you don't hear the words bad gas, you know, but we first started driving, you know, somebody would say, Hey, in your, and I grew up in a, in a small town, they'd say, Hey, don't, don't go to that gas station. They got bad gas because yeah. their family member or they, you know, had one of those tanks of gas that it ran rough for the whole tank of gas. Then you put different gas in it from a better station and all of a sudden the rough ride went away. I mean, that's, that was a real thing. And I know there's guys that listen to us that are, that are uh, younger and older, but I mean, the fact of the matter is bad gas was a thing. And that's why a lot of performance car drivers, meaning the BMW community is really big on this. They only buy shell gas. Like if you drive a BMW, it was like they supported shell. They were swore up and down. Shell was better gas. Uh, you know, at a time, could that have been true? Sure. When we grew up, maybe they were the only ones actually having high quality gasoline. I don't know, but I've kind of kept it to Shell and Chevron stations pretty much my whole adult life. Um, I mean, because I owned BMWs when I was younger, it was just something that was like ingrained into you. I don't search out Shell stations now because it's not a big thing out here. The big brand out here is Chevron. But if it's not a known brand, I don't really buy it. Yeah, and that's crazy. I have seen Chevron, but I think I just remember them being in so many oil spills and so many issues. Hey, that's true. I, I never, I just, they always have had a bad taste in my mouth. And I yeah. don't know that I've really ever, I've seen Chevrons, but they usually, the ones that I had seen weren't that nice. They were kind of that older rundown a little bit. I've never, I don't know that I've so stopped. The, yeah. So Chevron. the whole argument behind Shell was, you know, it's a, it's a Houston company. The, they, employ a lot of people in their gasoline side of things. And that's the BMW argument. All these nerds online swear that they know this or they know that or whatever. I think now we're at a point with gasoline. You just got to worry about getting a high quality gas consistently, you know, and it'll help fuel economy and it'll help your fuel pump and keep your engine a little bit healthier and, and things like that. So I I'm a pretty simple gas purchaser. It's like, I buy the best gas in all my vehicles. And, you know, we talked about it on Saturday's podcast is, you know, I'm spending thousands of dollars a week on gas in my business at this point. So, you know, for me, I'm not going to cheapen out on gas. We go to Chevron stations and we buy good gas. I mean, so what may, I mean, I don't know if, you know, you're the engineer, right? So yeah. you tell us, right. I know there's multiple faces of engineering, but yeah. What makes gas different, right? Like 87, 88, 89. I get it. It's that word octane, right? Yeah. Like, but what really goes into it that makes gas? Cause you, you talk about getting the best. Why, why is it well, the best? It's just, com it's quick, just combustion. I mean, quick so trip I, here says that they guarantee all their gas. Well, so, yeah. And they, and, well, and they should look 87 is probably the old 91, to be honest with you. Like gas technology gets better with everything. We don't have to worry and I'm not saying a hundred percent, but most of us don't have bad gas stations that your family's telling you to stay away from. I mean, we actively had that in my lifetime where it's like, don't go get gas from that place. It's probably mostly water. Um, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, octane helps with combustion, but also it's, it's the additives in some of this stuff that can help make your fuel system a little cleaner. The gas can be a little bit uh, more refined. Uh, in a 91 rather than an 87. I don't know all the technology behind it, but here's what I know. If you have a fast car, you want the highest octane that you can, you can afford, right? Uh, that's what you want for the combustion. So the bottom line is 
Um, for me, if you look at my BMW now, you know, it's got 500 horsepower in a very light car. You're going to get 91 in that vehicle. But I've all, you know, also can tell you that my Dodge, uh, which I shared on Instagram, that was my first original Dodge that I bought to run my detailing business, which we just had basically the drivetrain replaced and went through it and spent a lot of money to keep that thing running. That's only ever run on 91. Because when you put 87 in that old Hemi engine, it doesn't like it. It, it, it doesn't respond well to it. Now, that is a 2003 Dodge Hemi. That could be very different than dealing with a Dodge today. I understand that. But there's cars that actively run better on a 91 than it does an 87. And there's other cars, like the Toyota Tundras we have in my business, that don't react very well to 91 octane. They, they, they react way better to 87. So really it's kind of an owner's manual thing as stupid as this sounds most of us don't read the owner's manual but there are some cars that'll say hey don't put 91 in this it's not healthy for it and toyota is kind of one of those brands that they actively push people to 87 not and I, most, I mean obviously the new super might be different but they have a lot of them you know and how many cars also have that sticker on their the inside of their gas cap right now that's yeah. tells you what to do right like yeah they yeah, do their I mean, best it, it, you know it, in when the whole ethanol thing happened, I think transpired and it did actually damage parts of a car because of the ethanol coming in, right? There was all these different parts about fuel pumps, different things like that, that were going bad because of ethanol. We as detailers have always wondered, do manufacturers change things, right? GMC black paint, right? There's problems that we constantly always see on cars. Are they going to ever change that? I think, right, overall, they've changed all those problems going with the gas, and it doesn't matter if you pick ethanol or regular. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I mean, everybody would have to look at their their owner's manual independently. But I think, honestly, everything now has been out in the world so much. You know, ethanol has been such a part of this, such a reality of it, all that kind of stuff that that now cars and manufacturers are conditioned because you're probably, I mean, look, we could be approaching 20 years of this. I mean, I don't really know the exact date of the ethanol stuff, but I mean, it's been a long time. And again, it was a big blow whenever it happened and fuel pumps and fuel system struggled. Then they had to do recalls and this and that. But again, it all came out of that biodiesel thing. What they thought they were going to do is take all this used like oil and create gasoline out of it, you know, and all this government money and just didn't, I mean, it works but it just didn't take off as far as like the big next thing. And ethanol was really the byproduct of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I, I briefly momently looked into uh, biodiesel for a half second, not much at all. I went back in the day when all those massive gas prices and I was trying to run around, you know, I'm trying to build it's 2012, 13, and I'm trying to build a distribution company in the state of Oklahoma, and you got to run all around the state delivering product. I so I switched to CNG and put in a CNG tank, modded it yep. all out, put all that like I still I think really helped my engine saved a lot. It's a much cleaner, purified oh yeah, gas. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no there's no doubt that you know, look, you have hydrogen engines, you have, you know, you have CNG. You have engines where they've actually run on water, uh, which, you know, 
there's all kinds of conspiracies around those people and whatever. But at the end of the day, man, that's the thing about this gas thing is we've kind of been through it a few times in our lifetime. I mean, I, you know, when you live long enough and we're getting old, uh, you've watched the boom and bust and look, the uh, people producing oil are going to make a lot of money right now. And then there's going to come a time where they don't make as much. And uh, I don't sit here and sweat gas prices. I mean, it's painful, but you know, what are you going to do, Marty? You just got to put, you got to put gas in your car. So I don't get all caught up on it. I almost sent you a picture because everybody else posts all their pictures of gas prices. And I was, I almost sent it to you guys like, damn it, Nick, we got over four bucks here in Oklahoma. Like yeah, I was we're, close. We're I had like, my phone out and I was like, no, nah, this is a moment for me. We're, for we're me. like six, I think. <laughs> and, uh, some people like buddies I got in California, they, they have different ones where they're like seven, eight, you know, it's, Look, man, I've never been through it like this. I'll be very fair about that. It usually is volatile for a few months, and then it goes back to, like, some type of normalcy. I don't think we're going to see normalcy, so everybody needs to move on and just, uh, you know, maybe have hot dog night at the house and <laughs> save on some food. I don't know the answer, but this shit's expensive. There's no doubt. I don't know. Yeah, the other day we stopped in. We just had to grab some stuff real quick. Ran into Walmart's uh, neighborhood market, and my stepson had he he wanted ramen noodles. <laughs> I guess I that guy for yeah, some ramen noodles. I'll get you a whole box of those. Get, yeah. How do we buy him the whole box of those? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he randomly was like, "Oh, I want ramen." I was like, "Hell yeah!" They're like thirty-eight yeah. cents. Go for yeah. it, man. Like, With gas, that's perfect, dude. We'll get you perfect. a whole bunch of those. Perfect. So another interesting part that came out this weekend and, you know, stuck to my friends were hanging out. A stat that has developed is if you are running a small business, then you you're, you're at, you, you've got a great chance that 30 up to 50% of your employees will go and start their own small business. That I, I heard that stat and I said, say that again. And yeah, you're, you oh, where'd they come up with this, right? Where they come up? Well, you know, not to go into what she does, but she, she's got the stats, right? She's got the stats. Um, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. She runs a, a very good, um, for her, right? What they do, they do, they do well at what they do. Uh, <laughs> I went, Oh, that's wow. Okay. So first of all, Detailers are going to go, right? This is the funny part about it. So the first thought that I had once she said that, I go, oh, my word. Detailers have now heard the stat that they've hung their hat on for 10 years. I can't have employees. I can't train people because they're just going to go start their own business. Now, somebody that had went into business, that had trained somebody and went into business with them, and then they stole all of my customers and started their own mobile detailing business, I always tell details when they tell me that, listen, I understand those were not fun conversations that I had to have with this person that literally stole the customers from a business that we were in together. He wasn't an employee. He was a partner and he stole them. So I always know that that hurts and I empathize. I sympathize with you. It sucks. The good part about this story, guess what? You're not a small business. Right. Small business is 20 people, 20 employees or so. Now, this is what's funny, right? Because, Nick, this is why I think it's an interesting conversation with you, because you don't associate that there should be numbers involved to get you to a small or I say detailers are a micro business. Right. So 
uh, micro, small, large, you don't associate numbers. You think it's all business. And that's why I think it's interesting. But what do you think about that stat? 30 to 50% right now, the way it's going, the way every, the, the way industry is, not our industry, overall economy industry and everything, 30 to 50% of all employees. And is that why we can't find anybody at work? Everybody's quitting to start their own business, but then we, there's always hiring signs. Like, is that the, is that the, is that the answer? Did we just find out the well, answer to employment problems? I do think there's something that we can all agree on that in good times, people think that they're going to go do stuff and they're going to, you know, they see the boom. It's like, you know, when your taxi driver gives you a stock tip, it's time to sell stocks. You know, that that's the old like rich guy adage. You know, when you see a lot of people starting business, you need to be very cautious of I'm watching something. This is the top. This is what the top of the bubble looks like. Uh, I think probably statistically, if we got stats from across history, we would see that most people start businesses or the majority of people try to start a business in the boom time. When history tells us almost every big company in America has started in the recession of some, si of some kind, because that's when you get a huge leg up. Uh, I do think it's a shocking stat to hear. Number one, it's a shocking stat to hear that you got to have 20 employees to be a small business. That probably tells you a little bit out of touch of how businesses run these days. More and more businesses are finding leaner and leaner ways to do millions of dollars in sales with five people. So they're not a small business. What if a, a consulting company does $100 million in revenue and they got 12 people? Happens, there's companies out there like that. Uh, I, I tend to look at it as, Small business to me is, can you employ people, still make a good living yourself? You're probably a small business. You know, if you're just working for yourself, you just own your job. I mean, that's, we've all been there when you started your company and it makes sense to you now what I'm saying when I say that it's not a bad thing. We've all owned our job at some point, but owning your job is if you don't work, you don't get paid. You own a job, you don't own a company. It's that simple. So once you can, your business can operate without you, you own a business. So that's why I don't decipher. Am I shocked by it? No, I think most, most of us kind of feel that that's what's happening, right? That all these people are thinking the grass is greener, but that's most of us listening. We all thought the grass was greener at some point. And so the stat is shocking and it should tell people that we're probably at the top of the bubble. I mean, that's probably why that number is so big as of recently is that it's been about two to four years of frothiness here. Uh, so it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. So it happens on those terms and in those people, but listen, detailing is still such a, it's such a craft, right? Like it's a fine tune. It's not a, it's not a simple thing to do. And so I don't think that detailers really should have to worry about it as, as well, as much as other people, right? Like, not too many people are going to come into your detailing business. And that's the reason why I really bring this up is because that, that was the train of thought that I, as she's talking to me, and that was the train of thought that went through next was, yeah, guys, don't gals, don't worry about this though. Right. Like <laughs> don't, don't let this be that, that you go. Yep. I told you so. Now there's a stat. I'm out. I'm not going to keep trying yeah. to climb and bring that's on that, people. Yeah, that's, and go, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, don't do it. Yeah. And again, 
with where we're sitting in the economy now, look, we're in uh, June of 2022. I mean, all signs point to, you know, you're going to be going through some tough times where you live. I mean, that's what they're predicting. That's what we've kind of predicted. When that happens for everybody's going to be different. But if you're sitting as a single person detailing a car and you're happy, then keep doing that. If you're wondering if I should grow, the answer is yes. Right. If, if you wonder if you want to do more paint corrections all by yourself in your facility, yes, great, do that. But this is where you got to take stock in what you want. And just because somebody gives me a stat, I don't give a rip. If I want to grow, I'm going to do everything it takes to grow. And if that's people, that's people. I mean, Marty, we actively have this conversation in HyperClean every day. Can we grow in XYZ way if we don't hire someone? If the answer is yes, then we don't hire someone. If the answer is no, what do we do? Hey, time to go on the hunt and hire someone. But that's the real question. You know, detailing doesn't have to be any harder than that. The bottom line is, if you can't grow and you want to grow, you got to answer. Is that hiring someone? Is that, you know, an independent contractor doing some other service out here? I, I don't know. But this is what we find is the, is the conversation people don't want to have is one we have in HyperClean and in my detailing business. Can we do X, Y, Z? Yes. Okay. What does that mean? You have to hire someone. Then we hire. No, we don't need to hire someone to do that. Perfect. Then we don't hire. It really is. That's, that's really how every company on an elite level should act. Do I need someone? Yes. Get them. If you don't, then don't. Don't be frivolous with hiring now because it's not easy. And that's where I think a lot of people mess up. They bring in bodies for the sake of bringing in bodies. And, and then they just don't last. And then the final thought that I had was as many things as we all stress about and we, we love to post photos and love to bitch and complain about shit. You don't have to deal with that. Could you imagine you're a 20 person business and you're constantly having to worry about 30 to 50% of your team members turning over to go start a competitive business that's a stress that I don't think any of us really wanted to have, but we think yeah, that I mean, we deal it, with shit. We don't deal yeah. with that shit. No, because again, most of us don't reach 20 employees. Um, you know, I've read, I'm in double digits. It's pretty, it's pretty rare in our business to have double digit mm -hmm. team members. Um, I, I look at it like this, man. You need to take this type of data and think about it and then spit it out. What's it mean for me? If it means nothing for me, then don't dwell on it. And the fact is, if you're one guy bitching about how somebody quit on you six months ago, this isn't the stat to lean on. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, dude, you need to hire 50 people and then come talk to us, you know, talk to yourself and see where you're at. I mean, that's just the nature of hiring. And look, it's not easy hiring. And again, Marty, we can even lean on this. Why have we talked to so many guys about distribution? You want to bitch about hiring, man, you better get into distributing hyperclean because if not to grow your detailing business, you're going to have to hire. I hate hiring. I want to grow. I'm not going to hire. Everybody's going to steal from me. Then growth isn't an option unless you go in a different direction in the, in, in the, uh, the detailing business. And that's why we keep, when guys bitch to us about hiring, what do we tell them? Hey man, you can distribute product and make $500,000 by yourself. Can't do that in the detailing business, but that's where we're getting at, man. You guys have to make a decision on if you want to keep bitching about hiring, you got to find ways to really double, quadruple, 10x your income 
without having to hire a bunch of bodies, you got to solve that problem quick because it's not going to happen detailing a car. That's going to be a fixed time, fixed cost. You know, I kind of liken it to being an attorney, man. They only get to bill the hours they work. That's the detailing business. So how are you going to grow? To me, I keep telling guys about distribution, man. We got guys making tons of money off of it. We got other guys sitting on the sideline. But if you bitch about hiring, there's no better way than, than add to your business and distributing product. You know, another stat that was interesting that we heard this weekend was an estimate of about 450 going to an expo. That, that was an interesting stat that kind of came out in somebody's podcast and the interviews that they put out on Facebook that they recorded live in an expo. You had other expos in other parts of the world. You had uh, a whole nother training thing going on in another part of the, the country. Um, it was a weekend of kind of confusion and wondering, golly, are we starting to see that great pullout that, that we told people not to do, but that great pullout that happened, are we starting to really see the effects that as a nail, did one nail get put in the coffin this weekend? Cause 450 people was not and much of, and the half of them being vendors half of them being vendors like so you know if not three quarters so a couple hundred people maybe i don't like hearing it man no uh, i don't i don't i don't like hearing it uh i root on these shows there's a reason we we came out a year ago and said well more than a year ago hey man don't keep don't cancel these shows don't do that you're gonna lose momentum you know that's gonna hurt the industry it's gonna hurt it long term we got a lot of ridicule marty I mean, we had a lot of tattletales out there running to their mommy and saying these guys said some mean things on a podcast. Supposedly leaders. Uh, this is a repercussion of bailing on people in tough times. There was a lot of detailers during the pandemic looking for a show to go talk to people. What can I do? I'm scared. Um, we heard it. Guys wanting to go get boat training from Mike Phillips, but that show got canceled. And so now the customer's changed. And the customer says, and again, I'm going off numbers, not my opinion. You know, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago where I said, we need to separate fact and opinion. The things I told you about people going and telling on me and Marty, that's not my opinion. We have the receipts. That's a fact. Companies literally went and told people, this guy said something mean on his podcast. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that when I was 10, let alone. 50 when mommy and daddy gave me a company, but it is what it is. So here's where we're at. We didn't step up during the tough times when people really actively wanted a show because we didn't want to have to wear a mask. That was the whole argument. We don't want to wear a mask. Who's we? Uh, the companies that didn't want to support the MTE shows, Vegas and Orlando, both. Well, I can't talk to my customers through a mask, 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 mask. I certainly understand that. But I also, and this is kind of how you understand if you've been in business longer than five minutes, I knew the long-term repercussions as did you. We didn't know how it was going to play out, but we knew you couldn't stop the momentum of shows and expect them to come back. And so now 
We have a lot of people really trying hard to make these shows work. And I think it's admirable, but I think the customers changed and Ford and Chevy have pulled out of SEMA. They were in SEMA last year. I heard all these brands in the detailing industry. We don't want MTE Vegas because of SEMA. They weren't at SEMA last year. Ford and Chevy were. And you know what Ford and Chevy said this year? We're good. We're out. It's over. Now, might be a lot of smart people in the detailing industry. I mean, I know a lot of people pat each other on the back and, you know, we got more people in the Hall of Fame than Canton, Ohio. But we... We could be in a situation here where these companies said, hey, man, it's changed. It's done. It's over. You know, we're going to go and spend our money in a different direction. And, you know, the same goes for the consumer. Consumers had enough. I've had to spend a lot of money to go to Vegas or Orlando or Kentucky or wherever. And I'm not going to spend that $3,000 and my time away from my business, et cetera. It's interesting. I and. I think it's fun to talk about because, you know, I had a conversation earlier with a YouTuber that went and he really enjoyed it because he got a lot of face-to-face -face time and got one-on-one -on -one times and got to, to see people. I mean, there's, there's definitely being in front of somebody that is valuable. Certainly. But my question to him, which is what you have brought to us, right? It's our inner dialogue as a company. It's, it's a question that you brought up and it's, you know, when you look at it, is it more beneficial to, to invest into social and invest into dot coms and invest into, you know, anything on the internet versus face-to-face -face and at an expo? And the reason why it's an interesting dichotomy is then we've also said social, there's so many stuff that's not real. Yeah. So. It's funny it, that it's, now that's it, being said in people's speeches now. I mean, look, man. I don't, I don't want, I didn't want MT Vegas to go away. I don't want MT Orlando to go away. I want SDC to be successful. I want 50 shows to be successful because that means our industry is doing well. Like there's no active reason. If we can go and get in front of 3000 detailers at SDC, we'd sign, we'd have been there this weekend. If we could get several thousand detailers in mobile tech Orlando, we're going to be there. Like, this is not uh, us against anything. I am pro these shows being successful. But I'm also, as many of you who follow us, not going to sit here and lie to you guys. This actively went down the drain because people did not support during the tough times. There is no opinion about that. We heard from all of you. I can't believe they're canceling this show. In a state that was as free as any state in the union at the time. It is what it is, man. And the consequences are here. But now to, to get the speeches and the, you know, who's doing it right, dude, when you had to wear a mask, you ran away. You want to talk about supporting the show now? Come on, man. We got to do better. It's my show, uh, my episode I did on Saturday on a pints and polishing. There's just shit we got to do better. We got to be better as an industry. We got to be better as a pints and polishing. We got to be better at hyper clean. We got to be better in this industry. 
than to constantly pat ourselves on the back and tell each other how great we are. 200 people showed up to a show and we're patting ourselves on the back. Come on, man. We got to be better than this. Like I said, I got more people in Hall of Fames than the Pro Football yeah. Hall of Fame. Come yeah, that's on, what's funny. We I mean, it was crazy better. how many people were put. I mean, it's good for them, right? Yeah, 100%. Wait, come on, Good man. job. We, we, we got to talk about that. I mean, we just got to be real here. You want to have cool shit in life? At some point, you got to look at each other and go, let's put some cool shit together. Could be your brand. Could be your detailing business. Could be your detailing shop. Cool shit is hard. Because it takes money and time and effort. We want some cool shit in detailing, man. It's going to look a lot different than what it looks right now. Because guess what? This ain't working. It, it, yeah. it just isn't. Yeah. And are, I mean, are we like, I, I kind of posed it a little bit earlier. And I, there's not really an answer, I guess. But, you know, as, as we really predicted these moments happening based on the great pullout, are we, was that, was that a nail in the coffin? Not, not the nail, but an early nail in the coffin of, of this pro side of the industry that we see, we see it. I mean, you can't deny that the pros didn't show up, right? The pros weren't there. So have the pros and has the quote unquote industry changed, right? Sure. They have changed their directory as well as even we, we, prosumers. You, you got DIY, like you got all this other parts of the quote unquote detailing industry, but an expo is supposed to only meet this group and this group isn't showing up. So, has this group almost in a sense began to nail itself down into it's just not as viable as everything else, which we talked about over the past year and a half, right? This, this isn't new philosophy for us. This is something we've actually tossed back and forth on these episodes. And it's, and it's not a, I don't, and I'm not coming at this as honestly as a right or wrong, right? Agreed. To me, this isn't a philosophy of right or wrong. This is literally a bird's eye, eagle eye view of two people that have been in the industry more than most others and been more active than most others and done more viewing what is going on. And it, once again, not a right or wrong. And it's not a, a, oh, you know, don't do this or do that. It's literally just a view and an objective. And how much else is out there? And and is there sure. almost a period where you start to not define the industry as pro and DIY, but now we just are coming to the point where we're detailers? Yep. Right. We're not. It's, it's not about. It's not about how you make your money. It's about you detail cars, right? You you love to clean your cars, and one person f- specifically that that I find fascinating is Wesley Oaks. who has been part of the community for years, oh, yeah. right? He's not a pro. No, no, but he treats but he'll his car detail like out. A- he'll detail out that Nissan, like oh, yeah. as good as any other pro will. And he's talking about spraying. He's yeah. actually even finding uses New for uses. hyper clean bug <laughs> yeah. 
opposite of the way I, you know, the way I put it together, the way we, we did it. Right. He's spraying it now on the back yep. of what, what was it? There's uh, exhaust, a, exhaust tips. Yeah. No, he's yeah. bringing, he's bringing really heavily carbon uh, exhaust tips because he runs a catalyst system on his Nissan and he found a bug is just doing a really good job cleaning them up. And you're exactly right, man. This is not about right and wrong. It's just not, it's, it's what, what is going on. And so let's allude to, we said there's big changes coming to the ceramic. Okay. Oh, and this yeah. goes along with your talking about what is changing in our industry, what's going on with the pro and the prosumer. And now are we just one big, it's going to, it's going to make people really mad. What's going to happen in the pro market. And you're going to see this line blurred because remember all those certifications and pro only coatings and all that stuff that we kind of did our best to inform people on. You're going to watch a lot of big companies dump those down the drain. Matter of fact, I think three or four to this point kind of have done so quietly. And you're not going to have to be pro only to buy their top level coding. You just have to have the money. You get your Amex has to swipe. Your Shibisa has to swipe. Good on them. We've made that argument at HyperClean from the beginning, right? We, we weren't into big certifications. We weren't into taking your money for learning to wipe on a coating. That wasn't us. What I'm saying here is your line of thinking that this line is blurred, just the beginning. Just the beginning. Because guess what's going to happen at SEMA? And I predict this. You remember how SEMA used to let everybody in, but then it got so big that it was pro only and you had to have an LLC or an S Corp and all this. They don't get those registrations like they did at the end last year. Guess what? They let everybody into SEMA and everybody could walk around SEMA. Folks, this isn't a picking on detailing, a show. SEMA has nothing to do with detailing. Detailing is an afterthought of SEMA. SEMA doesn't give a rip about our industry, which we've argued before. The world's changing. And what I'm advocating for at HyperClean is that we stay on the ball of how it's changing. And what we're doing is making those discussions public and telling you, folks, anybody paying attention, what is the way to know that a show wasn't busy? I heard this at SEMA when I was there, and you've heard it a few times today already. Easy way to know. Man, I got a lot of one-on-one FaceTime with all the companies. Right? When SEMA's busy, you can't hardly see who even works there. If you're getting a lot of one-on-one time with your film company at SEMA, SEMA ain't busy. And what do we hear about SDC? What do we hear about Mobile Tech Orlando? A lot of one-on-one time. You witnessed it yourself. We loved Mobile Tech Orlando this year. We're not going to come on the podcast and lie. Hey, wasn't that busy? Wish it were busier. Heard from our team. Wish it were busier. We got to start talking openly, man. There's a lot of people that do a lot of talking. None of it open to what's going on. It's not my judgment. It's me educating our hyper clean family about this. You are going to watch the dismantling of the pro only coding. If you haven't caught on already with, hey, if you don't buy 50 bottles right now, you can't ever carry our product. Wasn't that about a year ago we heard that story? Uh, Down I, I there heard in the, it in the Florida area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not even a year. That was this year. It was earlier go. this year. Yeah. 
uh, a detailer got quote unquote bullied into a $10,000 order or he was going to lose the ability to be the pro only in that area. And now there's companies that, that have forced people to pay a yep. certain amount every month and month. order. Yeah. Yep. And guys, no judgment, no judgment, no. Right, no judgment, no right or wrong. We're telling you that the line is going to get blurred and it's economy driven. Trainings aren't being attended for these companies. Fact. Ceramic coating for most companies is not moving out the door at the level it was a year ago, two years ago. PPF isn't moving. Tint is down. Big. The world's changing. So how much of, of, of these shows is economical? Hey, man, I don't want to bring my family from Texas up to such and such, and I don't have the money right now. It's all good. But I also think it's behavioral change of Ford and Chevy seeing the same thing I saw at SEMA last year. There's nobody here. We just spent $15 million on this booth and our people. This ain't worth it for us. And they actually use really interesting words in their press releases. Those words, we are going to host our own Ford-centric events and going to go in a different corporate direction. They didn't do this fly by night. They know where they're going to go spend that $15 million. So everyone is trying to find a consumer. If there's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 detailers somewhere, HyperClean will be there. But we're at the point now, Marty, the numbers are lower and lower every time we hear them. And that's just an unfortunate thing that I wish wasn't happening. Well, most of us saw the pictures. It was, it was rough. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want that. A, a great show meant a lot to me in my career. Mm -hmm. Being able to go learn from people meant a lot in my career. So I don't advocate for this, but there was a reason I was advocating and, you know, having people blow my phone up and go tell on us when I said, hey, man, a week to go learn from Mike Phillips down in Orlando. Shouldn't piss this down the toilet. But we did. So got to live with the consequences. The great you know? pullout has some consequences, no doubt. <laughs> No doubt. M many of us in our days, we've gone, yeah, well, the, the pullout was better than staying in. But in this instance, the pullout was worse. <laughs> it was worse. Nick, uh, man, thanks so much. Uh, but not as thank you as much as this amazing Johnny Utah Pale Ale. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Wayne, thanks so much uh, from Georgetown Brewery. That's a great beer. It was a great beer. So thanks again, Wayne. Nick? Have a great Talk week, brother. Soon. This is Marshall, and I want to say thank you, right? I mentioned somebody earlier named Wesley. There's also some other people, Stephen Jones. Uh, he, he's been inside actively, listens to the podcast, and then got into the HyperClean Specialist Group. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. It's, it's a blast to see you going in there grabbing some products, the results that you're getting. Uh, listen, Dan, thanks for the Jeep pics. You know, that's fun. You know, <laughs> you know, tagging me in it, saying, you know, showing the Jeep that you cleaned and the, the Jeep truck. But, you know, that's a blast. That's a lot of fun, right? So thank you so much for, for doing that, being a part of the community. Thank you for being a part of the community. And uh, thanks for being a part of the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. So you guys have a great week. It, it, it's a blast seeing all that you guys do, sir. I enjoy it. This is Marshall. Hope you make it a great day.